What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars, you say a few nice words, and that will help propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts, making it more nationally and internationally visible, helping strangers find the show, and uh, ultimately, it's just a free way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing. Appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken that step in doing so. You can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which features a bunch of in-studio performances and live show performances. Stoked to announce the release, the uh, the newly released and premiered video from Strange Hotels live at the Doug Fur doing uh, Come On, Forget It. That video is now available. Just drop that one through Vortex Music Magazine. I'll put the link for Vortex in the uh, the episode notes along with the uh, the link for this week's featured artist, The Celebrators. We will get into my chat with Nikolai from The Celebrators momentarily. But uh, yeah, check out that YouTube channel and uh, click subscribe there. And then you'll know when the, the new videos hit the feed. But The Strange Hotels, come on, forget it video is now up there. I want to thank Mississippi Pizza for helping sponsor these uh, these Doug Fur sessions, these live videos from the Doug Fur that we filmed back in November. And uh, a couple more videos from, from uh, Strange Hotels will drop next week on Monday. So stay tuned for those. And we got some some cool shows going on at the, uh, the library this weekend. If you're listening on release day, we have on June 29th, this is uh, a bill that I put together with King Kismet, Cloud Lines, and uh, Trajectory. It's going to be a, uh, a really dope show. I'm not going to be able to attend because I'm heading. I'm already there, actually, if you're listening to this. I've already, I've already made it to Vermont for the first time. I'm going to the Northeast, baby. Uh, pretty stoked. Getting to uh, venture out, flying into Boston, and uh, then I'm renting a car and driving through Vermont. That's going to be, I'm really looking forward to that. That should be pretty awesome, and uh, I'm really stoked to have uh, some solo driving time in a a foreign place. It's always a fun way to, uh, to see a new place especially when you don't have to uh, necessarily get there at a certain time. So I should have a little bit of mosin around time to, uh, to drive through the, uh, the Vermont countryside, assuming that's what they have there. I'm looking forward to all of the maple syrup. I cannot wait. Anyway, Vermont, this weekend, I'm there. If you're in Portland, you're at the library. 
on uh, June 29th. That's where you're at. You're seeing Trajectory and Cloud Lines and King Kismet. That's what you're doing if you're in the Portland area. But uh, also, thank you for everybody that checked out last week's episode with Sir Nye, which is a conversation that I enjoyed quite a bit and uh, enjoyed some of the comments I saw floating through that one. People really appreciating certain aspects of uh, of Sir's um, process of, of creating things. He was talking to me about um, creating visual art for some of his songs before he actually uh, starts composing music and, and how that can inspire him to uh, create, which I thought was a really cool part of that chat. So go back uh, after you're done listening to this week's episode. Go back to 167 with uh, producer Sir Nye. Check out that chat because it was a... It was a good one, and uh, I did a DJ another DJ set this weekend. My second one it was my first official DJ set as Ernie Moose Johnson. I let the moose loose, and I was pretty happy with the uh, with the performance. How it all went down, had a few hiccups, but uh, you know nothing that can't be fixed. And I feel like you know I'm gonna have some mishaps. It's only my second time doing it. So there's, you know, every once in a while you are going to hit a wrong trigger or, or uh, miss, miss a cue and, and, and that's okay. But I, uh, really curious to talk to more DJs about, uh, you know, performing sets and if there is, you know, a place for, performing the same set twice or just minor variations or you know a band will often play the same set over and over for a little bit and and they'll get comfortable in a set and maybe cycle in and out a a few different songs here and there but i'm just kind of in the dark if that's something that happens in the dj world because I'm, i'm not really ready to to part with the set that i performed the other day because i want to I want to master it and I want to get better at it. And also there was some, uh, some aspects of, of improvising it on, on certain parts and, uh, kind of, kind of reading the room, reading the audience. It was really dope. There was people there the whole time and it was a pretty full patio most of the time, which was awesome. And it was cool to have some people come up to me and ask me what, uh, certain songs were. That was great. And, uh, just appreciated all of the, all the positive feedback I, I'm I've only done this twice now these DJ sets and it's an absolute blast I've um, I, I have so much fun getting to perform and the uh, you know the process of, of preparing for these and, and getting a set in order is definitely you know just like anything else it can be it can be frustrating at times but but for the most part it's it's just a lot of fun even that part of it is very engaging because i'm i'm learning how to run this software and learning different tricks and and how to get in and out of songs and um so it was rad i did pretty much 50 percent. i would say about 50 to 60 percent of of what i did was was planned and calculated as a as a set list and then I kind of left the second half to to divert and and kind of just roll with the punches and even the stuff that I had uh, pre-written out I diverted here and there from a couple things and was just 
feeling like uh, I wanted to make some moves on some things. So I was happy to kind of uh, not be completely attached to that thing and, and feel a little more comfortable with my uh, the different uh, triggers and, and cues going on with the uh, the DJ controller. So I'm just having a blast with all this this DJ stuff, man. And uh, I just want to I want to do more of it. And I really appreciate the the friends of mine that came through Growler's Tap Room for uh, the patio sesh. And it's uh, I'm gonna be doing at least a couple more of those throughout the summer, probably one a month. And uh, I'll keep you posted on what that July date is going to be. But uh, a cool cool spot to hang, food trucks, uh, and uh, tons of good beer and cider, kombucha. All that jazz on tap. So uh, come through for the next one. And we're going to get into this thing. We got episode 168. 168 coming at you. And on this episode, I, I hung out with Nikolai, who was the, the front man and songwriter for the band The Celebrators. And I had such a, a rad hang with Nikolai. And it was so much fun getting to... Uh, to hear where he comes from and and how important the uh how important music is to him he refers to it as as the medicine at one point during this conversation and uh i think a lot of us who uh hold music near and dear to our hearts are uh you know feel feel very similarly about it and if if not anything it it has been a a constant in my life for a a very long time and it seems that it's it's been the same for Nikolai and we we definitely connected upon that and uh just how important excuse me how important music has been you know through through difficult times and and how much it can be uh leaned upon during those times to to process uh what is what is going on. So I really enjoyed kind of getting to hear some of the backstory about uh, this current Celebrators record, which is available all over the place. It's called Holding Pattern. And uh, yeah, we got into to some of the inspiration behind that record and uh, just just chatted about Nikolai's upbringing with music and, and the things that have influenced him over the years. So this was uh, a great chat with a dude that I had um, only met once before and never really had the opportunity to sit down and hang out with. So it was, uh, it was rad to get to understand a little bit more where the music comes from and, uh, just, uh, killer hang with the really cool dude. So we're going to get into it. All the, uh, links will be in the episode notes so you can follow the celebrators vortex music magazine and, uh, and myself stay tuned for all of the, uh, shenanigans going on at the library and and follow me on instagram at dan cable presents for uh you know any any portland happenings as far as as music try to keep things posted on there and we're getting into it episode 168 we got the celebrators on the show and to kick it off we're going to feature the first track off of the holding pattern record which is called holding pattern Let's get into it. This holding pattern's holding me again. Can't get past this place I'm in. The past, the present. 
Check one, two. That's nice. That's very nice. What a voice. Yeah. Coming through the headphones, doing the thing. Made for a microphone. <laughs> um, yeah, you ready to jump into this thing, Nikolai? Let's do it. Do the damn thing. Um, yeah, I'm stoked to, to, to learn about the celebrators and where this, this music comes from. Uh, I had the opportunity to see you. I'll play a couple uh, couple weeks ago, I guess maybe even a month ago at this point. Uh, the, the time is... The time is... Just, it, it keeps moving. Yeah, but uh, I enjoyed the set very much. It was it was a very cool, um, just a very cool rock and roll set, and you have a, just a, a cool band. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate you bringing us out to the library. That's a, a great asset uh, for this town and these musicians, I think, to, to have a place like that to play. Such just a feels good down there it feels good to, it's an easy place to make good music i feel like yeah thanks man i appreciate just getting to be a part of that that space and in, in any form has been very cool to kind of have had the keys to to book in that place has been very awesome and it's uh it's been cool because it's introduced me to like so many different bands and including your band because i think <laughs> that's that's how we started chatting was sure. you reaching out about about dates there and I've had so many of those bands, and it's been talked about a lot on this podcast, especially with the locals. It's just that Portland is just this this mine of bands. Like you just never it's it's never ending, and you just continue to meet more people 
that uh, that open you up to these other circles of bands, yeah. and uh, that that's what kind of booking that space is done. And I was, uh, yeah, I was into the tunes when you when you sent them my way, and I started checking them out. It was uh, it was definitely something that I was I was enjoying the songwriting, and it just it, seemed like uh, you were writing some some cool tunes, and definitely got a voice on you. And, and thanks, uh, dude. Yeah, just dug dug what was happening thanks dude yeah i mean i think uh you know in regards to what you're saying about portland you know being this place with all these great musicians it's absolutely an asset um but sometimes it can be like intimidating you know too where it's um you just go out and you're constantly inundated with just you know fantastic musicians and it can be um tough to like come into yourself and like really feel like confident in what you're doing um, but once you get to start, you know, start breaking in and getting to know people, it does, it, it seems like it is such a small town and everybody's connected and doing side projects or, um, you know, playing shows with one another or record, recording with the same people. Um, it's just, it, it is a, seems like a great community. I'm definitely looking forward to being more ingrained in it. And, uh, it just, it's been fun getting to know you. I appreciate you having us out and doing, you know, letting, letting us play there. And then now doing this is fun. Yeah, man. Where, where are you from? I'm originally from Walla Walla, Washington. Okay. Yeah, so northwest, um, about four hours east of here, just across the border into Washington. It's a, a pretty small town, like 30,000 people, and um, we're like an hour away from any other kind of major city, so it's kind of the, you know, oasis in the desert, if you will. Um, but it was it's a cool place to grow up. Uh but definitely was looking forward to getting out too, just because it is, is a small place. And, you know, obviously being into music, coming to a place like Portland was absolutely at the forefront of my mind, you know. It's like, okay, how the hell can I get around other people who are interested in what I'm in and, you know, like, you know, and to be inspired by all these other great musicians that are here too. So um, I, I came to Portland by way of Boston. I went to college in Boston and then from there moved out um, back to Portland. Um, so it's great to be back in the Northwest after being in the Northeast for sure. Yeah. So when you were growing up, if you wanted to see live music, did you have to go to either Portland or Seattle? Correct. And which of those is even closer? Yes. From Walla Walla. Exactly. So Walla Walla is, it's pretty equidistant, but it's actually four hours to Portland, five hours to Seattle. Okay. And Seattle is tougher to get to because you have to go over the Snoqualmie Pass, which can get pretty gnarly in the winter. Yeah. So Portland's actually way easier. And it's my freaking favorite drive in the entire world. I don't, it's I, every time I get to go home to Walla Walla, it's the best. I just get in the car, get a little stone and just listen to music the whole way. And it's awesome. You're just driving through the Columbia Gorge you know, freaking beautiful cliffs rising on your sides, the water right there. It's, it's the best amazing, drive. Man. It's the best drive. It's pretty unreal. Um, it's especially cool if uh, if that's your entry to Oregon or something. You know? Yes, yes. It, it is always more beautiful driving back to Portland than it is driving to Walla Walla. <laughs> just, just from a pure aesthetic uh, standpoint. Emotional, absolutely, but aesthetic too. You know, yeah. just, that there is something about just the Portland way just has a better look to it. So what was your early exposure to music in, in Walla Walla? Um, you know, I grew up in a pretty, uh, 
Protestant religious household. So I, there was a lot of music around, but not a lot of what I would consider, uh, you know, the cool stuff. My parents weren't listening to necessarily cool music. It was, I, I didn't grow up with the Beatles or, you know, and so I kind of had to find my own musical identity in a way. Um, not that there's not, you know, there's a, a handful of, I'll say of good, you know, Christian artists out there doing stuff. But, um, you know, yeah, I kind of definitely came into my musical identi identity a little later, but I've always been really musical. Like I liked, you know, gravitated to music when I was a kid. I've got lots of pictures of me holding a guitar and, you know, I tried to take lessons when I was in kindergarten and I was like, uh, screw this. I, I know how to play guitar is what I told my mom, which is just <laughs> a total, obviously just a six year old being a six year old. But, um, I, you know, always sang and, um, music is just, I was always just naturally drawn to it, I guess is what I would say. So, um, there's definitely something secondary about it, but I had to, to find the good stuff a little later. Yeah, <laughs> and it, but encouraged to it, play the music? Lots of encouragement. My mom plays piano a little bit and always just wanted me uh, to be musical, I think. So that was cool. So when, when do you start kind of writing your own tunes on the guitar? Yeah, when I was like 13, I picked up the guitar. And um, I think, you know, a lot, when a lot of people pick up guitar, they're doing it to you know learn other people's songs or i think maybe in a way because i didn't you know have the coolest of musical backgrounds growing up i i always wanted to pick up a guitar to write that was like my my immediate inclination was i'm doing this so that i can learn to write songs i think also because i really you know like uh lyrics and i think that the artists that I was getting into were more singer-songwriter stuff, so to me it just made more sense to to write my own things if, than, rather than learn what other people are doing. So that's always been... I still, like, if you asked me to play a cover song right now, I'd be like, I, I don't think I know one, you know? It, it's just never been one of my things. I like learning them, but I immediately forget them. Like, I'll learn it today, and I won't have it under my fingers tomorrow. That's just never been my strength, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I connect with that. You know, I'm not, I'm definitely not the person that if I have a guitar around, I'm not the person that's going to be able to, you know, play covers for yeah. an hour, you know, yeah. like I can maybe play one or one or two. Yeah. <laughs> and it, even those are, are going to be maybe a little bit of a stretch of what that, sure. that song actually sure. is. Um, it's your own interpretation. Definitely. <laughs> which and, is good. Which it, Which is good. But like, I don't know. Anytime I start thinking about learning a cover or go you know through that process i start to feel like this sounds nothing yeah like, <laughs> like the yeah. song you gotta and, embrace it you gotta run yeah. with that i think that's great <laughs> i always like when an artist covers something and they do it differently they filter it through their own lens as opposed to just like dice you know digesting it right right back yeah i think it's much cooler when they're gonna do a cover and it's like it sounds like the artist doing their version of that song you know what i mean yeah it's always so fun watching like a jazz band do an interpretation of of a pop song yes like something like that like that shit blows my mind because often it's hard to even pick up that they have you know sampled basically yes. this song in some way but if or hip-hop i love when hip-hop uses oh, songs yeah. you know that feels so fucking good like when yeah, it's, I, those are my favorite parts like 
like the early the early Kanye stuff, the, those records, I love the way he sampled the old soul stuff. He made me actually like Steely Dan. I fucking hate Steely Dan. There's oh. like, I know that's a controversial take. No, it's a fine. love or hate. I love it. I, but, I, I uh, like that you have that take. That's the one though. That I, <laughs> you know, Steely Dan is definitely the one for me. Well, I don't like the jazz rock. I like that's what you're saying when jazz guys are doing pop covers. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I like it because you're doing a pop song, not a jazz song. For sure, the Steely Dan is definitely like crazy prog music on some of the. But that's records. on me, you know. It's not Steely Dan's fault. It's me. I just can't. You just do don't it. dig it. I don't do. I can't do it. See, that's that's the. I don't know the conclusion that I have come to, or you know that that rests a little easier for me is that that's not like something isn't for me. Like exactly. I don't have to be like, oh that it's terrible and it might down the road i'm still i'm open to the possibility of steely dan Dude. i'm open to the possibility how many but how many artists has that happened with most of you? my most of my favorite artists are artists that i would literally openly speak about how i despise them <laughs> and then like you know three months later it's literally the only freaking thing i'm listening to Fuck you know yeah, dude that's me <laughs> that's me on some yep, things yep coheed and cambria okay one yeah. of my favorite bands now. they wore you down huh I just couldn't <laughs> I I couldn't get past the voice. Yeah. That was not something I understood. Same with Circus Survive. Yeah. Like I'm a huge Circus Survive yeah. fan. And My those, high school band was kind of Circus Survive. -y. That was the kind of indie flavor we were going nice, for. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know, like man. Block party meets Circus Survive. That that <laughs> that was really cool to 15-year-old yeah. Nikolai. <laughs> Block party, man. That was that was some those are some good tunes. Those first two records were fantastic. Yeah, I loved them both. Um I don't even know how we ended up here. Eh, you know, I, don't, I don't know what happened. We, we tangented but, it. <laughs> oh, it was just, you know, talking about playing covers and whatnot. Yes. And, um, but who were, yeah, like along the lines of your, your high school days when you started kind of digging into your own music and you, you were talking about how lyrics were the thing that connected with you or grabbed you initially. Mm -hmm. um, who were some of those people? You know, a lot of like the records that I started getting from friends and people when I started getting in into music and, you know, expressing that a lot of, you know, a lot of the normal things you would think, you know, the the Beatles, the Hendrix, the um, one that I really loved was Jackson Brown. I was a big Jackson Brown fan. Jack Johnson was a big one for me when I was in high school. I loved his songs and songwriting. And that definitely was like, you know, the gateway into me really thinking about songwriting as a craft. I'm like, well, I just, it doesn't get more distilled than that. Just acoustic guitar and a voice. And yeah. that's that. So that was cool. Um, I loved Coldplay. The early Coldplay stuff was really influential for me. Um, John Mayer put out Continuum record at the, at right at that time. That was a big influence. That, that kind of got me in to, to blues and kind of, you know, starting thinking about that stuff. Which, more of the R&B feels. Yeah, soul. Yeah, for sure. All that sort of stuff. So that's and then that really distilled into my guitar playing. Like that's I draw a lot of I love that stuff. The soul and blues and funk sort of things. Yeah, it seems I, I feel like both of those things kind of show in in the celebrator songs and and you're the main songwriter of of in the band is that yeah how this, things work this record um specifically was pretty um you know written from a, a songwriter way and that i like kind of brought in the the song and the song structure chord progression or whatever and then 
you know, we jammed jam out the songs and everybody writes, everybody definitely, you know, writes their own parts and uh, it's a definitely collaborative experience, but this record specifically was definitely um, like kind of written and envisioned and then filtered through the band, you know, but we're doing new stuff a lot differently. It's a lot more rock and roll collab, you know, it's, it's heavier stuff that lends itself more to just kind of jamming things out and finding it that way. But this record, I think, and you can tell, like, I think that the record definitely feels, um, like a songwriter record in a way, but then when you see us live, I feel like it's definitely a different experience. We definitely are, uh, the, the record feels acoustic, not acoustic, I guess, but organic. And then we feel like a rock band live. I think. Yeah, totally. There's a, there's a lot of energy to the live show and it, it definitely, I think maybe feels a little heavier and maybe For songs sure. get played a little faster here and there, but a faster, a little louder, a little longer, all that. Yeah. On the record though, I think, um, you can definitely tell that you dig the, you know, the big hooky stuff as much as you dig the, the jamming though, because the For all, sure. like every, most of the songs do have this musical break mm-hmm. and that seems to be important to I'm, you as a as a songwriter to have those moments on your on your tunes and allow that space yeah i love i love uh you know space and music i always love that sting quote where he talks about how it's just as important the notes or the, what happens between the notes than the actual notes themselves i just i like that idea you know and it's hard to do that as a musician it's like uh, exercise restraint you know it's uh you've got to think about it but I, I like the thinking part of music. I like the, you know, mental process of it is that 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 gets me off too, you know? It's like that's that's fun. I like going through the math of it and um but it, you know, there's a million ways to skin the cat. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you uh were you pretty comfortable early on with with sharing your uh your words through your songs? Um I think that I've never censored myself or like try, you know, I've, I've always been okay with being vulnerable and kind of speaking whatever I have to say, but I'm not really a comfortable sharer. Like I'm not going to be the guy at the show after the show. That's I'm probably going to be the guy kind of sitting at the table, just drinking a beer by myself. And I, I, if someone comes up and talks to me, I'm going to love that. But there's something where I'm not, I don't like talking about myself. And I mean, if it's in conversation, great, but I'm not going to search out that, that, and you know, that's not my strength as a person. I don't think. Yeah. I was just curious about that just because you're, your lyrics and your delivery things in the, in the live sense you know, you seem to do it with a lot of conviction. There's a lot of rawness to um, your lyrics. They're um, they're often very straightforward. I feel like and and don't um, not necessarily a lot of mystery tied up in it. Like yeah. you're, you're, it seems like you use it often as like a confessional. Yeah, yeah. For your thoughts and stuff, which Absolutely. is something I connect to pretty heavy in in my own songwriting and and whatnot as well. Um, but I that, that's. Uh, I think that's you. You kind of answered my question by telling me like how you are kind of away from that because it's, that was that was what I was going to ask is if if that's uh, very different for for you if you, if you often if that's the space that you yeah. use to the music you know, is the medicine the music yeah. is the medicine you know like that's that's kind of my uh, 
space to, to let it out. And, um, yeah, I, I thought that's what feels so that's the best part of it. You know, it's like, and you know, being with, with buddies, it's a great chance. Every night we get to practice and hang out is just like, I'm like, I'm so lucky. This is so stupid. I'm almost 30 year old man, just drinking beer with my friends, making music. Like this is, this is a good time. I don't care if any, you know, I'm going to, I don't, it's like not a choice, you know, it's like, I'm just going to do this for the rest of my life because what the hell else am I going to do? It's this is, you got to do. It's, a ho- it's, it's just a hobby, you know, it's, it's just, a hobby that, that, uh, you know, but also you, you referred to it as, as the medicine too. Yeah, so it's yeah. obviously like something that's like very important to your, yes. to your Catharsis. psyche and, and, and being yeah. able to, uh, express yourself. Absolutely. You know, cause I don't know, you come across as a, as a pretty low key dude. So, I think that's a lot of fun when you get to see somebody that is kind of low key and maybe not like low key, tightly wound, (laughs) (laughs) maybe not like always drawing a lot of attention to themselves, but then to like see them in a space where, you know, they're fronting a band and their job is to kind of, you know, you know, sell the thing. Well, I think that there's definitely like a duality um, to, to my personality where I think I'm a kind of a person of extremes where it's like I can be very low key or I'm also maybe a little loud. And I think that that's what the, the record feels that way too. I think there's like, and, or just like talking about how the record feels kind of, you know, quiet. And then the live performance is really kind of in your face and raw. And it's like, I think that that, that maybe, um, there's a parallel there where like, cause I don't think that anyone like of my close friends would consider me quiet or i I i'm pretty loud uh for sure but uh but i so i don't want to take credit for being this cool laid back guy (laughs) that's that's probably not the case but uh, um but yeah sure yes (laughs) but as far as like what you were talking about you know after a show you're not going to be the one out there yeah you know trying to uh you know have these interactions with people necessarily no like no to have them i'm not a great yeah talk I'm, to you after i'm not a great self-promoter and i'm okay with that i'm i really just am if it you know if it doesn't get me as many places in its life i'm far more comfortable just like letting it come to yeah, me man. you know what i mean that's the best yeah for sure that, and and there i think there are a lot of like-minded people out there too so it, it's i don't think it's you know it's not the end of the game, but <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Um, if a guy like Sturgill Simpson can do it or, you know, there's lots of quiet Sturgill, guys man. in the music business. Sturgill is, uh, yeah, definitely changed, uh, what I thought I liked and didn't like about country music. Dude, that apparently. sent me down a rabbit hole. Like I same. Oh, I felt like once I found out about Sturgill Simpson, like it just tur- flipped the switch on country for me. And I feel like, it sent me on a whole this big rabbit hole where I felt like I felt fell in love with music again, like for the first time because I was like finding this whole new style of music with its own history and artists, and I'm realizing how similar. I mean, all great music is just rock and roll. You know what I mean? Like it's all just rocks or it's soul. You know, like it all just has that spirit. There's so country rocks it's awesome it, to me it's the best version of the blues music like i think it the players are insane the songwriting is, is insane it's just up top to bottom like country's been blowing my mind the last few years like that's was a game changer for me and even in writing this record that like there is a lot of that the fact that it, it's pretty conceptual like how it has a theme and goes from start to finish and 
I totally ripped that from the book of Sturgill, who ripped it from the book of Marvin Gaye or whatever, you know, but I love concept records. Those are the best because a record is supposed to be like this story. And if a story's got a beginning, a middle and an end, you know, like a record should have a beginning, middle and end, you know, and a story and an arc to it. So that was definitely intentional and ripped right from the book of Sturgill. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, Sturgill has also been a big, uh, big reason that i've like checked out more of what's going on in that country world or sure even going back a little bit and oh yeah you know and it's it's the best dude when you find a whole another part of music that that wasn't you know maybe something you weren't exposed to or something you weren't ready to for like jazz was the same way for me yeah and and uh you know, electronic music yeah. has been this thing that I've fallen in love That's with. That's cool. Super heavy. Yeah. Like, like stuff like Tycho. Oh, I lo- his, his art is amazing, dude. Have you seen dude, ISO 50? That dude's unreal. Oh, so talented, dude. I I really like that. That electronic stuff, very in postal service. Yeah. You know, like that, you know, those vibes really like Or even like an explosions in the sky. Oh, stuff yes. Like oh, those yeah. Lines, you know, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's this mind blowing thing. Yeah. So that you know, it's there's there's so much there and you can't you can't uncover everything like during its time, I don't think, either. So it's 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 so rad to go backwards and, and find things. It's that whole time thing. It keeps moving on and you get it wears you down, so you end up liking figuring out maybe I'm gonna like Steely Dan one day, man. You know, maybe I'm gonna be a huge Steely Dan fan down the road. Well and it's it happens. It's yeah, like <laughs> whether it happens or not, like, you know, if you you know Go back and you find something like the Stones or a Beatle, a particular Beatles record that hits you at a certain time and yep. influences something that you're gonna write tomorrow. Like that's a whole nother thing of just how you know music and art kind of stands the test of time of being able to like be this great influencer at at any time. Absolutely, you know, this timeless thing. Yeah, that's that's definitely what's great about music as a medium is that it's just you can always go back to it like i'm i love i'm a big basketball fan but i don't like go back and watch old games you know i mean i know a lot of basketball heads do and sometimes but it's not like something i do all the time you know when basketball season's over i don't watch basketball (laughs) right uh and but when i want to listen to exile on main street i can just pick it up and listen to it anytime and you might hear something different than you, uh, than you oh, heard. That's my favorite thing in the world. When you listen to a record that you have listened to a thousand times and there's just this one line that catches you that you've heard and maybe you even sang it, but you hear it in this context where you're like, this, like a light is shown on it and you see this image and it makes you feel this way that you've never felt, even though you've experienced the same thing a million times. It's yeah, incredible. Man. Or yeah, or even with something that maybe you haven't liked in the past, and maybe yeah. it's just the right setting. You know, I've definitely turned on a record before and listened to maybe a song or two, and just been like, "I'm not ready for this right now." Yeah, I need to, I need to save this for another time. That's you know? funny. I feel like you gotta. I don't know. There's just certain certain things where context is everything. Yeah, or if it's a a conceptual record, like that's something. If it's my first time listening to it, I probably do want to have that whole time to sure. listen to it front to back. Ideally. You know, 
and be able to apply some focus to it if it's if it's something yeah of that magnitude well you know let's not get too highbrow here it's not it's i think it's just like a loose thread um at least in my case it's just a, a loose thread you know it's not like a pink floyd For idea sure. but um i definitely like more of an emotionally con- conceptual record is what i was had in mind just like going through um for me, it's just kind of about going through the healing process of um, I just come out of a really um, long and in- intense relationship. So I moved across country um, and was just kind of trying to f- figure out a whole new life for myself and just kind of figuring out how to, you know, get through it. And for me, it was writing the record. And um, it was it was awesome. It really helped a lot. And I feel like um, I wanted to kind of take a little picture of, you know, musically of what that looked like me moving through that time, you know, like just the idea being that like it kind of start, the record starts with the first song holding pattern, uh, t- um, and it's kind of the zoomed out. You're like looking at it from, you, you know, what's about to happen, but, um, you know, then you, you're introducing the story and it, and it starts and, um, you know, you're, you're, this relationship's kind of happening and ends and then you're low and kind of fighting with yourself and fighting with the world. And then you look at yourself and it's time to pull myself up and get going. And, um, it was a, it was a really hard experience for me, but I, it was absolutely fantastic because I think I, I'd have had a pretty good life. And I think that, um, I didn't really get what empathy meant. I would just see people having a hard time and I would think, um, well, you just got to figure it out, man. Like just get it together, figure it out. I, because I had a pretty easy life and then something happened to me and I felt so shitty and I'm like, I can't, what do you want me to do? You know? And so, um, it really gave me a great lesson in empathy. Uh, so that, that was awesome. That, I think that, the whole experience of it all, do the music, the lessons. It was, it was all a, a net positive. Yeah, it gave you some some perspective. It sounds like absolutely. And yeah, sometimes you you got to get you know completely derailed or have like your entire foundation kind of flipped upside down. Absolutely, to have those realizations. Unfortunately, but for sure, seems to be part of this whole like life process. But people. The, the crazy thing is, like, people have to learn that at different ages, you know? Like yes. you said, up until this point, which, I don't know, how, how long, was that Was that your your move from Boston to, to Portland then? Coming, coming that back was, to the yeah, that was the move to the, back to the so Northwest. So how long ago was that, that you moved from Boston? So I've been in Portland uh, five years now. So it's been, it was a while ago, uh, which was, I think, probably a reason, like, we kind of sat on this record for a while. We spent a, a good amount of time making it. And then we kind of sat on it for like a year and didn't do anything with it. I think because I put so much effort into writing it and then as a band we put so much effort into um, recording it that um, after that I was like, I need a little bit of break from this. And we spent a lot of time playing and you know doing a few shows, but just kind of taking it easy. And now um, you know we're put it out in January and are just definitely trying to stay a little more focused, stay a little bit more on top of our game and playing and definitely writing a lot and and have new, new stuff coming out. So that, yeah, you know, five years ago getting here and then I wrote 
some of the songs are older, but wrote a lot of them once I came to Portland and kind of combined the whole thing and figured it out. I kind of need to, I needed to figure out that it was a concept album a little bit so I could finish it. I was like, these songs need like something to, to tie them together. I need to write a couple more to like tie them together. So that's kind of, it, it gave me the kick in the ass I needed to kind of figure it out, you know? Yeah. But yeah, like back to what you were saying, you know, so that's like up until 25, 26 or so life is, life is pretty Pretty good, good. you know, pretty good. But like some, some people, you know, that happens at 45 yeah. or for some people it happens at nine. Yes. So it's, it's very interesting that we all have to learn these things at at different times. and, And yeah. And like different things affect people differently, like different sorts of tragedies, you know, like for me, I, relationships were are what really affects me relationships with friends relationships with um you know uh, my partners but uh like death has never been something that i've struggled with like uh, it's it's just interesting that like i've had lots of family members pass away but for me that's never been like something i've had a hard time dealing with um i it i don't know it just conceptually works for me a little bit more but the idea of like losing relationships that's what it took for me to figure out like those lessons yeah so there's there's a different there's a lot of different lessons to learn in different ways to get to those endpoints i think absolutely man well i appreciate you know the vulnerability of of the tunes and um i think it's it was easy for me to connect with when I, you know, oh, thanks. put the record on and I was just like, oh, okay, like, you know, it was, it was pretty obvious to me that you had dealt with some relationship trauma or like I had this ongoing thing or, or something that, you know, had fallen apart and, and I connected to it pretty well, heavy and, and just really dug the honesty of, of the thing, you know? Well, thanks. That's, that is just, uh, that's really nice to hear. Um, obviously, that's not, you know, that's kind of why I play music, why I began to play music. So I'm like, this makes me feel good. This stuff, like these artists' music has helped me. I want to, you know, um, express myself. And if, if other people are moved by that, then that's like, that's just awesome. That's just freaking awesome, you know? <laughs> and, and not to mention to have the uh, that outlet during that time. Yeah. I think is what is so important for for people you know to be able to have be able to disappear for a few a few hours or yeah. even a whole day of working on a song you know you know that's another day that's kind of gone by that you realize like all right like i'm gonna be you know i'm gonna i'm gonna pick myself up and i'm gonna keep yeah working on on these things to to get me through this and yeah and it kind of makes you sit with it too i mean so like it's so easy in life to just get busy and just compartmentalize and put things aside and not deal with it and i think music's a great way if you're you're got to sit down by yourself and be quiet and think about and try and express whatever it is that you're feeling you can't run from it so you're kind of in a way you're like extricating it from yourself too you're pulling it out and you're leaving it there so the more like the writing the song is like all right well i'm i'm pulling this out of me i'm leaving it here and that's where it lives. And now it's like, I really liked that idea that once I, the record is out, like once the, that music is out, it's not mine anymore. It's my, my part is done and it's, or like for an artist, that's not theirs anymore. I get to interpret it however I want. What, like, what does this song mean? What does it mean? To, it doesn't matter. What does it mean to me? You know, like that's the most important relationship that a listener 
or a music lover has with the music is their own. It's personal. You yeah, know? absolutely, man. Well, let's uh, let's jump into Bittersweet. Cool. This is a tune that I, I like quite a bit. And uh, this is a jam off that that Celebrators record, Holding Pattern, which is uh, available on all the streaming services. All of them. And, uh, you know, give the band a, uh, a like and, and a follow on the, on the social medias if you're digging what they're doing so you, you know when their next shows are. Come see a live show and whatnot. But uh, this is it. This is uh, Bittersweet.
just speaking upon uh, you know interpretations of songs and, and artists letting the songs go and kind of you know what does that song mean to you and I will not ask you <laughs> what what the holding pattern is necessarily about and I think you've you've kind of explained by by talking about the influences for, for yeah. making this record but what is that concept the holding pat like holding pattern mean to you hmm yeah um like what is the what is a, what pattern? yeah when i think of like someone that's trapped in like a holding pattern i guess that for me is it's just like you know it's cyclical it's the same thing that you're you're stuck in and you you can't get out and um and you know for me like i i'm not too sure like how that broadly applies to the um to the music but uh i think that it's maybe just that like you keep falling back in to 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 something and i think that that's what for me at least the the sadness part about it was it's like okay i keep falling back into these uh emotions that um you know i'm trying to get over so but in a way i think that um that it's kind of like do like good to speak again to like the duality of um of these songs to me it's the good and the bad like there's that line in bittersweet it's the good and the bad I, i'm really interested in exploring um the paradox of life and how that those things can like two contrasting ideas can exist at the same time so like a holding pattern is like oh, i'm constantly kind of sad and kind of happy and kind of everywhere in between you know it's like kind of coming to terms with that and figuring out how to just be okay and present with those feelings. And, um, yeah, I, I guess that's a long winded and uh, backwards way of getting there. But so. no, that's, that's, that's great, man. I don't know. I, that makes, that makes sense to me. You know, I think it's easy, especially with, uh, those relationship things to kind of fall in and out of those, uh, same cycles and, and, uh, I think that it can lead you down this rabbit hole of all these unanswered questions that you might never get answered and wondering like, you know, the right and wrong decision. And for sure, if that like, is there a right decision? Yeah. Maybe not. There's just a, like a choice, you know? And, yeah. And I mean, complacency is always seems to me my own personal demon is like, I, I just don't want to get complacent. Cause then it feels like you're not putting in effort, you know? And I feel like I really, you know, I, I have to personally stay conscious of that because that's what I, that's my struggle, you know, and I, I just want to make sure that in my relationships that people know that I like, that I care and that, um, and sometimes I can just be lazy about that and just kind of take those people for granted, you know, I, and, um, that, that was a real big lesson for me in this, uh, you know, in the reason that this particular thing didn't work out. I'm like, you know, maybe because you could have just paid a little more attention. Uh, that might help. <laughs> For sure, man. Those, I mean, those things are hard to learn though. And, and, and I think that you hear people say that a lot, you know, they, Oh, I took somebody for granted, or I, you know, I took yeah. this for granted. It's, it's a, it's a reoccurring thing. You For know? sure. It's a, it's a, seems to be part of the human condition sometimes is that you have to, you almost have to do it so that you can realize what's in front of you or, or what's to be had. Yeah. You know? It's a good lesson to learn just to, to put effort and to try constantly and to try and be aware uh, of what somebody, somebody else besides yourself is feeling. And you try and be, um, you know, a, 
a servant to someone else's needs too outside and not just a slave to yourself and your own needs. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's also like the difficulties of relationship you yeah. know, is, is understanding that, you know, the two of us sitting here are experienced, like we're having a conversation together, but we're experiencing something different from one another. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not completely the same. We might be seeing something different. Like it might bother the fuck out of you that this door is open too much <laughs> or something, you know, and something that's not really affecting me at all. Oh, man, you wish it was something that is <laughs> far, far worse. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what it is. What record over there don't you uh, like? <laughs> that's great. <laughs> is it because I have the uh, Steely Dan over there? Is it gold? <laughs> no. <laughs> Cheap thrills. <laughs> um, Any Huey Lewis over there? I might have to is. leave. There Huey is. Sports? Yeah. Sports. sports? Yeah. yeah. Everyone's got sports, yeah. though. Everyone's that's my got pops, sports. man, like yeah. driving around with him <laughs> at a really young age um yeah definitely have Huey Lewis's yeah, sports that's great that's great <laughs> somewhere under the L's <laughs> oh so you do a uh, last name dude I gotta be able to yeah that yeah last this is name a, this oh is a, man yeah this I is do. a real conversation Fuck, see here. I fall I fall into like some different I feel like there's because it's Huey it's, Lewis and the news I'm like right Tom Petty and the heartbreakers I'm like no I I, I go first first name all first the time. name I'm that's a, first a good name one organizer see I have some there are some that I'm confused about where it goes it's like dr john what about elvis don't have to worry about it i don't have any elvis no elvis <laughs> all right okay all right like, but what like about e. one more one wait, wait wait what about elvis like what, what do you mean like, you would be e he's elvis presley yeah that's true his name's elvis presley Presley. i'd probably put it in the piece you put him in the piece maybe oh, but sometimes the record just uh, says elvis on the front this is a real conundrum it is it is <laughs> how do you i mean Teach their own, I yeah, suppose. There you go. You know? There you go. There's Some, no wrong way. A, a person who liked Elvis might come over and they just might not be able to listen to Elvis because they'll think they're in one. Yeah, and they're like, the you other. don't have any Elvis? <laughs> like, no, it's under P. Elvis Presley. That's his last name. Um, as far as on the record, there's uh, the reprise version of yeah. The Holding Pattern. And I was curious about that track because it's it's pretty different. Yeah. Than the first song, if not like pretty much a completely different song. Yeah, um, it's definitely a different song. Yeah. So um, what what was so is it more just like a titling thing? Yeah, for sure. Like uh, the idea being that yeah. like obviously they bookend the album, so they're in the same key. Not that that like really matters, but um, outside of the fact that we do like have this little cool little quote at the end, like if it's you know the track goes backwards, and then. Um, there's like this little nice echo where it replays the record. So it yeah. can kind of loop. Um, and I think that lyrically it's kind of supposed to answer some of the questions. It's a lyrical reprise, I guess I would say. And that, you know, it's supposed to kind of answer the questions and you start at the beginning and you've come to the end and there's like some sort of, you know, um, echo or response. I think that it's happening there. That's at least, at least the idea behind it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I dig that song a lot. That was one of my. That was one of my favorite jams on there. And then, do you play piano as well now, or or do you only play guitar? Our guitar player Chris also plays piano. Okay. Yeah, and um, we haven't done any piano in the live setting before, but he's a solid piano player, and we are definitely gonna experiment with that in some capacity yeah because moving along is like a pretty big 
piano yeah. driven song and yeah, that, that's sure. one of my favorite songs yeah. on the record that's my favorite song yeah yeah that's my favorite song Hell i think yeah. it's the best one <laughs> <laughs> it's the one that like when i wrote it i was like that was the one that was like kind of the when i figured out that the record was going to be like a conceptually about these experiences that i was having a, like that's the one that broke was like a mental breakthrough i'm like shit it is time to move on i'm gonna write these songs and i'm gonna be good you know that's <laughs> it that's it i'm feeling good you know and um there was a, that song is definitely like the release point in the music and the record and in my life you know so um that one feels good every time i've listened that's to awesome it, i'm just like that feels good you know and, and yeah play it it's live. one of the lengthy ones too it's so like there's one. a lot but like I would imagine that's that's a lot of that release happening. Yeah, for sure. And it starts, you know, quiet with the piano and then by the end of it it's a just loud loud, you know, jam. It's like very Yeah, the I I really like how that one turned out on the record. I think it it was recorded really well. We um before we went into the studio, we um, spent a little bit of time with Mike Kirkendall who's worked with M Ward and um like Blitz and Trapper and he's just an uber sally ford just an uber genius smart smart guy who's been around and writing music and around music for forever and he didn't like he's just awesome he didn't change that much with the songs but like just little things that he would suggest just come like oh just uh just lose that quarter add that quarter drop a beat here drop a measure you know yeah and you're like whoa, this whole song just is completely recontextualized and sounds like way more professional. Thanks, Mike. And so um, it, that was so great to just get a sounding board of someone um, to to just listen to the songs and, you know, uh, walk us through just a couple ideas and, and, and just encourage us. Mark, Mike was just really, really a, a pleasure and just a great guy. And anyone who gets the chance should work with them and talk to him just because he's such a good guy he's a great great guy that makes it the best yeah and they're good people and then you have another set of years in the room that's not attached to the band yeah just an outside perspective absolutely so when you came to portland from boston did you already have a lineup of of guys to play out here with like had you already formed the celebrators it is pretty interesting in that the celebrators, um, three quarter of a, three quarters of us are all from Walla Walla, um, the, at least that recorded on this record. Three quarters of the band is from Walla Walla, and we weren't together when like, we weren't a band when we moved out here. Um, but two of my friends who are from Walla Walla lived in Portland, and um, after like living here for a year, we just all just I I knew I'd spent some time, uh, you know, kind of figuring my shit out once I got here and working through whatever I was going through and getting work. And, um, I immediately helped open a brewery when I got here. So I got pretty busy with work. And after, you know, being here for a year, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I want to play music and get to it. And I was like, well, I have these two guys, they play music. I know them. And I'd uh, met Chris through working at the brewery. He'd come in and we talked about Sturgill Simpson. And then from there it was just, uh, he played guitar and we all just got together and started jamming and um, just kind of got it going through that way. And then you were, uh, you were talking earlier how the, how the newer stuff you're working on is a little more collaborative. I would imagine that's just because, you know, you, you've had more time to, 
hang out with these people and, yeah. and spend spend some time making music with them and for sure also you're not carrying like a huge you know yeah, the concept the, of 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 tunes bringing into the, to yeah. the band this this time around the new stuff's pretty pretty fun it's it's definitely um it's way more what the live show is we're definitely play, pretty riffy and heavy and you know sort of like bluesy rack and tours type you know just it's pretty pretty heavy uh like a lot of the we can pass the cd out to um the older generation and they're like yeah really like this good stuff so, some of them will maybe not be as excited about this record as they would be the you know the coming record as they would be the first one yeah it's it's a little bit more uh heavy but i think that you know that that's just where we're at as a band and it's really fun and exciting and um we're having a good time with it for sure is that also you falling more in love with the side of music that's just the feel and and not just the lyrics but but just the the feel of a jam and and yeah i think can develop yeah as a band right now i think that's just kind of where we've landed um at the moment where we're all just really excited about playing we're just having fun playing with each other and like you know kind of figuring out well what's a weird way we can get from this chorus to this verse like all right try this weird riff or whatever like we're just that's where we're at experimenting with music right now just uh you know playing that way and it's cool i i personally am enjoying it stretching me and like kind of making me take a step back and like i like sharing the ideas you know and like it, it definitely pushes me i'll write a verse and they're like no we got to do something different and i'm like get defensive about it and i'm like no 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 no, stop buddy just like go with it see what it, it's been it's stretching me in a really good way and so we're all just like confident with each other right now and spend enough time playing together and um that's just kind of where we're landing at the moment and it's cool because we're we're riding a lot we've got a great situation um for our practice space is a really awesome um you know studio space too so we're recording everything we're constantly getting to listen to playback of stuff at high quality it's been just a real pleasure to write that way too yeah i mean when you have that studio space that just like opens up so much more opportunity to kind of try new ideas yeah especially maybe before you're going to lay down those those final uh final tracks and whatnot yeah the uh the dicking around gets a lot more fun when you can just you <laughs> when know, it's on your own dime yeah, you don't have to worry yeah, about it. yeah man, it's fun it's cool so it's an advantageous situation for sure yeah and are you are you guys already playing a lot of newer songs in the in the live show yeah for sure i mean um it's probably about half and half now and i think that the live shows um you know we're we're definitely hand picking the the older stuff that's a little more jamming too i think that that's yeah. that's uh but you know if we played like a, a a show that made more sense like that was more quiet i like that about this band we're definitely versatile enough for like chris could play some piano and i could play some acoustic guitar and brian could play with brushes and we can you know, yeah, strip man. it down so that, that'd be fun too we'd we'd welcome that opportunity i want to see moving well. along live i want to oh. see starting starting anew yeah yeah move yeah. along we definitely still play live and we just uh the beginning's just a little bit more heavy and stuff we definitely the 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 quiet ones have pretty um dynamic live arrangements i guess is what i would say and uh 
Also, you said you, you guys kind of sat on the record for like a year, so yeah. I would imagine all that time you were writing new songs too. So yeah, for sure. I'm sure you're eager to to play play those songs yeah. just as much to share the record because the record only been out since what the beginning of the year. Yeah, January. Yeah. So it's pretty fresh. It's still fresh. Hey, man, you know how it is nowadays. Everybody needs more stuff all the time. Yeah, to you just got to keep gotta, dropping records every week. We're going to just go King Gizzard style on King this, King Gizzard, baby. you're just going to put out like 11 <laughs> records this year. <laughs> we got the studio. We're just going to make the albums. Dude, <laughs> Whether you want them or not, here they come. King Giz, dude, champions. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's pretty. You know what's crazy is they're all pretty a lot of them are super different but i really do like like 90 percent of them Dude, i don't get it they're not yeah they're not like just putting out shitty records they're they're all very cool and and yeah some of them i obviously like more than others and like like stick with more than others are ones i go back to more but i, I think it's a great concept what they're doing it's freaking awesome it's they're unreal a great band. dude they're it's a great band it's a game changer to yeah. put out that much content that much quality content yeah you know and it's, yeah It'd be very interesting to find out, like, what's the story with that? Like, how much of that music was already existed before kind of putting the records out? Uh, those guys even have side projects and stuff. Yeah. They write so much damn music. Like, <laughs> I guess if they get to do it further, further, I always think about that. I'm like, well, if this was my job every day, oh, I'd, maybe I'd write a million songs, too. Probably wouldn't because I'm lazy, but it's a nice thought. <laughs> have you seen King Giz? Yeah, I have. I saw him at Mississippi Studios a few years what? ago. What? It was. Oh, that's awesome. rad! You got to see him before oh, they got. It was awesome. big then. Yeah, I was supposed to see him two nights. I didn't end up getting to go the second night, but it was freaking awesome, dude. Oh, that's amazing. Mississippi Studios is my favorite place to see music. Is it? So, like, it's yeah. up there for me. I like. I mean, I always go back and forth between that and Doug Fur. Of course. I just feel like I feel like the sound. At Mississippi, just sometimes is just a little, little, little more nice. I don't know. I think it's tighter sometimes. I think it yeah. depends on the bands. It does. Like sometimes I'm just like, oh yeah, this is perfect for here. Yeah. And vice versa with Doug Fur. Um. Yeah, I go back and forth on that. The Doug, the Doug just has like sentimental value to I me hear too. You. It was like the first first night I moved here. I went oh, to a cool. show at the Doug. Who'd you Fur. see? Um. It was it was just like a local that I don't even I don't really even remember, yeah. you know. And Didn't it was matter. Like, it was kind of like it was it was a weekend show, but it yeah. wasn't super well attended. Oh cool. It was very like low key yeah. and just a singer songwriter playing and Sweet. it was it was rad and it was awesome. But like walking into that place, it's just such an amazing venue. Anybody yeah. you take there is kinda of blown away by it. It's pretty cool. But then anytime I go to a show at Mississippi Studios, I'm you know, kind of in the same boat. I'm like that's the best venue it's so yeah. good you know i'm thinking back to my first sh why i'm your story's making me re realize why i like mississippi mississippi studios a little bit better i i remember like the first show i saw at mississippi studios like it was just a magical show yeah so do you know what, what bands it was i do yeah it was um it was funny i just met a guy who's now one of my best friends talking about we were talking about pickathon off mic earlier yeah when my friend who like took me to pickathon for the first time i just met him he'd come into the to my brewery and i he was like hey what what do you is that uh local natives hey is that we're on drugs hey is that and like <laughs> i'm like yeah yeah he's like do you go to shows i'm like i don't know I've only, i haven't lived here that long i haven't gone to a ton he's like well, there's this show um on friday you should come with me i was like okay cool sounds good what bands is it he's like well it's this band uh 
Jackson Boone, I really like him a lot. He's and he's local. Yeah. And then this band Future Birds, I was like, hey, my friend uh did plays with Future Birds in Boston. Some friends of mine from Boston play with oh, Future yeah. Birds all the time. As I'm actually funny enough, wearing their t shirt. You're going right to now. the show on Thursday? I'm out of town, so I'm not going. Me neither. But I'll, uh I was supposed to chat with them and I realized I'm gonna be gone. Yep, yep. They're cool dudes. They're uh, playing with Balto. Who's one of my, oh, they're my cool favorite too. bands that I met here? Yeah, which are now, they're, they're now a great out of band. LA. Yeah, um, that's yeah, they've the been on the cast huh? before. Yeah, it's that, Balto and Future Birds. That's a great show. Fucking rad, dude. Yeah, so it was Future Birds and Jackson Boone, and I, I freaking blew my mind. It was awesome. Jackson Boone's awesome songwriter. I've, I mean, over the next couple of years, I saw him every chance I could. He was like my first favorite local band. And ended up getting to work with a few songs on it with their old bass player Eric Brostel, who's a really great, great producer um, who lives in Nashville now. So that was like a really cool way for me to get to know some awesome Portland musicians too. So um, yeah, that a lot of my friends and local music ended up entry point was from that first night at Mississippi Studios. Yeah. So no wonder I like it so freaking much. First show I saw at Mississippi Studios with that was uh, the Appleseed Cast. You I know about that band. No. They're like a post-rock band. Cool. Um, yeah, they're rad. Nice. They're coming back through. I'm pretty stoked about it. It's like kind of some some emo post-rock stuff. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Cool. Like explosion in the sky type stuff. Um, there is a, like a lot of instrumental break stuff. Uh huh. Um, but there's there's some more mathy stuff okay, going cool. on with right on. it as well. Right on. And yeah, they're awesome. Very cool. You gonna um, go see it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to. Yeah, for I'll, sure. I'm pl- that's the plan. That's the plan. If I'm, if I'm I hear here, you. I'll be I there. Hear you. You know? <laughs> that kind of thing. Yes, indeed. You get down with local natives, though. That's a, yeah. that's a band that you. Yeah, I like that. I like that uh, Gorilla Manor. I like that record a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of them. Yeah. Across the across the board, they actually put out a new record recently, well, and, and I I love that record. There was a one or couple records ago of theirs I really liked a lot. I'm, the name evades me right now, but the guy that I I'm pretty sure uh, Raymond Richards who's a Portland guy now, he worked with them in, um, in their early stuff. I'm not sure which record, so I'm not going to go on record saying what. But, no, uh, go ahead. Uh, no, <laughs> but now he plays with Parson Redheads, who's also one Parson of my favorite Redheads, Portland dude. bands, dude. I love Parson Redheads. I haven't Redheads. seen them play live yet, but oh. I'm, a, I'm a fan of, of He's what their they steel do. player, and he's fantastic, so definitely check them out. Also, they're... Um that dude Evan, that's in yeah. Parson Redheads, just put out a solo record. I haven't listened dude, to it yet. Those songs are cool. I love that band. Very cool stuff. All right, I'm definitely going to listen to that one. I, I Parson Redheads is absolutely just one of my favorite locals. They are like my other one of my favorite bands. that super influenced this record, and just my music is Dawes. I love Dawes. Like that whole I just I like the idea and the aesthetic. They're just a rock and roll band. That's what <laughs> that's what we're trying to do. We yeah, do, no frills, baby. We're just a rock that, and roll. That band. is what. <laughs> that is exactly what I think you are. You know, when I see your band, I'm just like, oh, rad. Some rock and some more rock and roll in Portland. Rock and roll music. <laughs> um, cool, man. Well, I, I'm sure we could go back and forth about all this lovely music that we uh, we enjoy all all night. But oh, yes. uh, let's uh, we're gonna play it out with with the new jam. The new jam. The uh, the the celebrator celebrating. Get we're, up. We're get up. Uh huh. Get up. Yeah. One of the new songs. It's kind of like its debut then into the world. This is the debut into the world. First time to Virgin Ears. (laughs) Virgin Ears. Um, Do you have any, is there any Celebrator shows on the books at the moment? Yeah, we're going to be at the uh, Oregon Trail Bruce Festival in Oregon City on July 20th. Uh, There's going to be a lot of other great local Portland bands. So 
Um, that's at the end of the Oregon Trail Interpretive Center um, in Oregon City. Sweet. Where he's playing around these big old covered wagons. It'll be pretty funny. Nice. Yeah. And then we're at uh, Kelly's on August 8th, Thursday, August 8th. Oh, how were those huge cover that? Yeah, oh, dude. okay. We're I know right exactly there. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I've always been I've been wondering what's going on in those uh, those parts with those huge I wagons. I think it's like a really shoddy museum, but yeah. uh that but they've got like a big lawn space, so there's gonna be a beer festival there and we're gonna be doing it. Mike Kirkendall's playing too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um I will put the the links in the episode notes so people can cool. Thanks, follow man. you uh on all the all of the places much keep up with what uh the celebrators are doing and i encourage folks to go check out uh holding pattern the record that's that's up there and available yeah thanks on on the services i appreciate you uh coming to hang out with me man appreciate you having me over yeah getting to chat about your tunes and i hope people feel as good uh listening to this as i do feel in having this conversation in your cool apartment well hot damn (laughs) hot damn that's an endorsement of my apartment come on over uh dan is at (laughs) (laughs) give out my address it'll be great it'll be a party uh, we end every episode with the pod, uh, with the guest of the show saying the uh, the tagline for the podcast, which is "It's a program." I've heard this. I've so heard this. If you could uh, give us your "It's a program," we can properly uh, sail this thing out, ladies and gentlemen. It's a program. He nailed it. <laughs> That's Nikolai from uh, the Celebrators. Appreciate you hanging, man. Um, we're gonna play it out with "Get Up," brand new jam. And uh, that's it, everybody. You know where to find me, and all the all the links will be in the episode notes. That is the uh, Jelly Jams, and we will catch you on the flip side.
It's a program.